My name is Alad Gross, candidate for Missouri Attorney General, and welcome to the Alad Pod. Welcome to the first episode of the Alad Pod. These are live shows that we're doing, so make sure to go to aladgross.org, follow us on Facebook, and you can ask your questions and participate live as we do these at least once a week. Our first two guests are Anna Wingo and Liz Wright, both of whom are social workers working in the healthcare space right now. They started a Facebook group called the St. Louis COVID-19 Social Resource Group to help people access resources in the St. Louis area. And we'll talk with them about how uh, they got started and how we can replicate these kinds of actions all throughout our state. We'll also have a special segment on an activity you can do with your kids, specifically around how to teach them how to wash their hands. Now this worked a lot better when there was video involved, so make sure to check out our videos on YouTube and you can get there through our website at aladgross.org. Let's start this show, huh? Let's do it. Okay. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Alad Pod. This is our first episode, and I'm thankful that my name actually rhymes with something that works for this. So uh, welcome to the show. Uh, to, uh, uh, we are starting to do a lot more work online, and that's so uh, we can, just like we were talking about, this physical distancing to make sure that less folks are exposed to each other right now, especially as we're in the midst of of a pandemic. So we're trying to do our part to help you stay connected in community um, and also connect you with some wonderful people who are doing wonderful work in our state. So uh, I'm not going to talk too much because I really want to hear what you all have to say anyway. So uh, we've got this rigged up. You should be able to see them on the screen and me over here and we've got the mic and we're going live. So uh, today we have two wonderful guests. We've got Anna Wingo and Liz Wright, both of whom are social workers. Uh, they are working in uh, healthcare, which is a very important field, uh, if anybody didn't know that. Uh, so uh, they're doing wonderful work right now. They've also started a group called the St. Louis COVID-19 Social Resource Group. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Super creative name. Yeah, it's on. Well, good. It's descriptive, and that's important in marketing too. So that right now is a is it an exclusively Facebook group right now? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Okay, and so that's a group that that anybody can join. We'll put the link if that's okay. We'll put the link um, over on the uh, live video, so when you can come back and check them out and click on that link. Uh, but that's an online, uh, really an online information and resource sharing uh, hub for folks during this outbreak, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I actually, um, when we first started talking about what we wanted to do last weekend, um, we weren't totally sure. Uh, we did know that our social workers and our healthcare teams needed a really easy, accessible list of resources for people. And so honestly, when we started it, I I didn't expect it to grow as big as it did. And I was kind of treating it like this kind of central hub where people could just dump things for us to then take and, of course, just put in a document to give to teams. But it's definitely evolved uh, very quickly in the last five or six days. Um, And I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy with where it's at right now. Yeah, I was actually, for for me, it all kind of started about about a week ago. Um, I worked my three shifts in a row at work, and um, my Friday night shift, there was a, a noticeable difference. I work in, in, in an emergency department, and there was a noticeable difference from the night before that it just, it felt much more real. It felt much more like it's really beginning, and um, I had a moment at work where I just, I, I had a, a little bit of downtime in between patients and I just thought, I, okay, I've got to go ahead and start printing out resources and went to all my usual places where I get information and I was like, I, I can't find anything that, you know, everything is directing, you know, people to Department of Health and Senior Services, but you know, where, where are people going to go to get resources for how to pay their utility bills and, mm-hmm. and not just the normal uh, funds that are available that usually run out mm-hmm. by, you know, mid-year, but this is this is totally new. And so it was like at 2 in the morning, I made a Facebook post that was like, social workers, 
what do we do? Mm-hmm. You know, where are our lists? What's going on? And people started commenting and putting links to all the different funds that we're starting and all the different um, groups. And, you know, Liz messaged me. She was like, we do something. Like, yeah. And so it just, it went from there. Yeah. So, so you both knew each other before starting this Facebook group, right? We did, yeah. yeah. We um, both worked in roles as social workers um, prior to me transitioning into a more administrative space. So we've okay. known each other for a few years. And like Anna said, I just I woke, I woke up last Saturday and I was like, I have to do something. And when I get that in me, I immediately start planning and reaching out. That's just in my nature. So... Um, I remember texting Anna this very long winded, long text, um, a novel of a text. And I was like, what should we do? I have a proposal ready. Like, let's figure this out. Um, so yeah, but I'm so grateful that we already had that connection because it's made it really easy for us just to partner and figure out what next best steps are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I guess you, you already explained my, my number one question was going to be, why do it? But you've explained so much of that. Um, so I guess if you could tell me, uh, and for folks who are listening, who are out there looking for the this Facebook group, what can they expect to see when they go and check it out? Uh, what can they expect to get from it? What can folks do to contribute to it to make sure that the community is ongoing and helping as many people as possible? Well, um, I'll, well, I will answer a little bit more of your first question and go into this current question of, of why we did it. Yeah. Um, of, when we want trying to figure out what this group was going to be. Um, and when I saw Liz's text about the, her proposal, it was amazing. Like Liz has always been a, a very strong architect of ideas. She does a great job of taking an idea and making it tangible. And so we were trying to figure out going with her proposal, what is this going to be? We went back to our social work groups and what we are always taught is that, you know, you don't create a resource just to create a resource, just to say, here, I'm coming to help you. You you find what the need is. And, and that's what we are, our overarching goal is we're not trying to shove resources in people's faces. Mm-hmm. We're trying to say, what is the need, figuring it out, and then how are we going to meet that need? And so um, the first thing that uh, Liz did was create a needs assessment um, for people in the community to take to say, here's what I'm experiencing. Here's how I'm being affected by COVID-19. You know, I've lost my job or I don't have health insurance. Uh, you know, how, if I get sick, what am I going to do? How do I, how do I get medication? And, you know, a lot of assistance programs will pay for prescription medicine, but you know, what a lot of doctors are recommending is that, you know, you need to have just the over the counter stuff at home. That's, what's going to help your symptoms. And so, we really wanted to see what are people experiencing and that's so that's one thing you will find on the group is our needs assessment that we're hoping that people take but in addition to that it has been a, a community um i love using that word because it, it really yeah. it's a community of people who are expressing what their needs are people are mm-hmm. being very vulnerable in this group and um, and, and outside of our needs assessment and, you know, putting it out there, you know, here's what I'm experiencing. And then we have a lot of people who are sharing all the things that are happening in the community right now. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, and I think last I checked, you have, you have over 2000 people who are active in that group right now, right? I think we have about 3,800, um, and growing, Uh um, which again, it feels crazy to say that because just a week ago, Saturday, I was just like <laughs> at my house, like, what are we going to do? And, and this, this is kind of where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. So, so tell us more, um, I guess about yourselves, like what, so what do you do professionally? What, what is the work that you all are involved in right now outside of, you know, obviously this Facebook networking work that we're doing now? Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned before, Anna and I first met when I was actually in a frontline role as a social worker. Um, I transitioned into what's called an administrative fellowship in the summer of 2018. So it's partnering with a lot of our executive leadership throughout our health system um, to help drive work forward that needs to occur, essentially. Um in addition to that, you have a variety of experiences, really just trying to round you out and just really understand what goes into keeping hospitals and health systems 
functioning. Mm-hmm. This is a very high level <laughs> description. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, I'm about to transition into a new role in about a week or so um, as a project manager, partnering very closely with one of our executive hospital leaders. Um, so it's definitely an interesting time to uh, be making <laughs> that career transition. Um, but I'm excited just to really keep working on, frankly, a lot of things that I've, I've already been doing. Um, in the last week or so, I'll share, I was pulled into the incident command at the hospital that I've been working at, uh, which has been a really unique experience. Um, I wish everyone could just see all the hard work that is going on, you know, not only on the front line, obviously, but also behind the scenes. I've never seen our leaders just quickly turn around and develop new policies and practices um, and ways of really interacting with each other. So it's been pretty wild. It's been pretty eye-opening, but it's it's been it's been really interesting and I'm I'm just really glad that I'm in the role I'm in so I can help kind of drive a lot of that forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well thank you for doing that work. Yeah. Yeah. Um Anna, you tell it. <laughs> um so yeah, like Liz said, um we we met when she was doing direct practice. Liz Liz, I'm gonna speak out you're the coolest person that I know. Like <laughs> oh my god. So embarrassed. <laughs> um so I work at um one of the major hospitals in the area. Um as as a social worker, I've been in a lot of different roles. I've worked in um step downs, progressive care units, intensive care units. Um, the clinics, which is where Liz and I met. Um, I've worked as part of one of the medical teams, and currently I am in the emergency department. So mm. doing overnight. So this past week has been interesting with emailing back and forth because you know, Liz gets off of work and I'm just waking up. So, yeah, um, yeah I am very, very frontline right now um, as far as what we're doing directly for patients in the community and it's, it's very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I was telling Liz as we were starting, wearing my bandana today as solidarity with all my nurses out there who I love and are doing a great job who are being told right now to wear a bandana as, as a mask. Really? Um, and so that's kind of showing how scary it is on the front line that that's, that's what they're being told to do. So mm-hmm. um, thinking of all, all the front line staff that are out there today that are... Yeah out there taking care of patients. Yeah. Not supplied. Yeah. So we're seeing, you know, we, I know we we're hearing a lot of stories about, uh, lack of masks and lack of supplies for folks who are on the front line. Uh, so are, are we're seeing that here in Missouri as well right now? Um, our, our nurse, we, um, we, we still do have some supplies. There are states that have just, nurses have just run yeah. out completely, but the policies that we're being told um, are about limiting the, mm-hmm. the number of, of masks that you use during a shift. Um, and it's it can be very scary from going from yeah. room to room with this with the same mask. So, but it's I feel like it's it's on the larger level that they're telling people, you know, you, you've got to use these makeshift ma- makeshift masks. Right. So right. Yeah. And I wonder if it's it's a larger glimpse into what I would almost call a gap within our own health system mm-hmm. as a large as a nation. Um, running into this, I mean, obviously, um, if you look back a year ago, no one could have predicted this. Um, but it's really bringing up a lot of different concerns. You know, do how do we function in this time where we're not sure how long this will last? How mm-hmm. do we make sure we're conserving our supplies? We're getting them to the people who actually need them. Um, and then how do we really pool our resources? Most recently, I heard um, actually uh, from my, my sister who does work for a, a government organization and I think they're calling on, you know, those organizations like, hey, do you have some of these extra supplies like goggles, masks, like what do you have? We need to really make sure we're getting resources to the people who need them the most. Yeah. So scary times, but lots, lots of work going on to at least try to get people what they need to protect mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. What What is... What is some, you know, my, my favorite question to ask folks that I've been doing, you know, I've been running around for quite a bit with this whole running for office thing, but my favorite question to ask folks has always been, what are your ideas for our state? Um, so I'm going to ask both of you, 
what what are your ideas for our state? It can be in the healthcare space. I mean, obviously we're dealing with this right now, but uh, I mean, even thinking like we got to this point um, and we're, we're, we're struggling at this point for a reason, right? A lot of this, this didn't happen overnight. The weaknesses in our system are being exposed, like you said, as a result of like long-term problems. So, uh, you know, with all the experience that is on, I mean, with the two of you, this is just wonderful. Um, so what thoughts do you have that we can do better in our state? It's hard to come up with a, an exact answer because if you had asked me this question a month ago, I think I would have just, I, I think I would have said, you know, we've got to, we've got to get the Missouri uh, Medicaid expansion. That's mm-hmm. huge. And I will still say that is a huge thing that we need to do because that is what's going to bring funding back to, you know, major hospitals, rural hospitals. Um, but today it's, it's a little bit scarier because we have to look at that bigger picture, but also we have to look at day to day. What are we going to do? And so, you know, what is, what is the the best next thing to do? Um, and we need our, our Missouri lawmakers. We need to get funding in place. We need to get policies in place that are going to affect how are we going to treat our patients on Monday? Mm-hmm. Um, big picture. Yes. Medicaid expansion. That is going to be huge. And it's, I never would have thought that would be right. take a back seat to the other things that we need to do. I felt very strongly about passing that for a long time, but now <laughs> we've got to get more policies in place to make sure that our providers are, you know, getting the supplies that they need, that we're getting funding for the people in the community. Um, and as far as what that is, is going to take, um, you know, you, you, you probably have some great recommendations for what we can do to get some policy passed. And Liz, I know that you are working on the admin side of what hospitals can do with, with the, with the state government for getting that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You say Medicaid, um, expansion. Cause if you, again, if you had asked me about a month ago, that is absolutely where my head was at, um, just to allow for additional resourcing, things along those lines. Um, but as of today and the past week, it's very much so more, how do we rapidly change some of these policies um, that are in place that might make it traditionally a little harder for people to get what they need, whether it's healthcare or food access, things along those lines. Um, and then also, how do we change some of our own processes and the ways that we partner together so that we can actually have a cumulative effort um, mm-hmm. for several silos, uh, kind of trying to do their own thing um, I know with getting this group together, part of me and my uh, pie in the sky thinking was like, let's it, let's bring everyone together uh, so that we can collectively figure things out and really effectively channel our energy. Um, so what one answer, I, I don't know that I have one right now. Um, and I say that in the context of knowing that every single day things are changing and we're having to just quickly adapt and get creative with how we are working together and, and coming up with solutions. So something I've never had to mm-hmm. do before, something I don't think anyone's had to, um, but I am continue yeah. to be amazed with how, how well people are partnering together. My hope is that that partnership continues after all of this blows over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is... Um, I guess we can kind of conclude on this because this is really important. What is, for folks who are watching, um, for folks who are getting involved with the group or getting involved with each other, um, and especially for folks who are sitting there and just like, what do I do? What would you tell them? What, what, what do you want folks to do? Stay home. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say... Um, if you do see a fund out there, the St. Louis Community Fund, please donate to that. That money mm-hmm. is going to the United Way, and the United Way is dispersing that among different agencies. Liz and I have reached out to the United Way, and we've gotten some really great responses great. of the that they are working so diligently to figure out who they're going to send their funding to. So please donate to the St. Louis Community Fund. Um, please continue to do curbside pickups of of uh from different local restaurants we've got to make sure that people are feeling economically supported um we've got to make sure that the different agencies are getting funds to help out in in so many different ways um 
And I would, yeah, and stay home. If mm-hmm. you, if you don't have to go to the hospital, you know, please, please don't go. Um, if you are feeling sick, if you're coughing, if you have a fever, if you meet any of the criteria that the CDC says for wanting to get tested, please call the hotlines and don't just show up to the emergency room. Um, because we've got to make sure that the emergency mm-hmm. room providers are there for, um, for the traumatic emergencies that are still occurring that we, we wish we could halt for while we're doing COVID-19 care. But, um, you know, please call your providers first and get directions for where to get tested. And if you don't have to leave your house, please don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. Um, try to minimize what would maybe be unnecessary trips out. Um, to more publicly frequented places. Um, you know, we all know that physical distancing is a key part of preventing the spread of this. And as I'm sitting here looking at Anna, I can't help but just be very worried about her and the rest of our frontline teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're able to minimize the spread of this, uh, we're going to help protect people like Anna, uh, who really can't stay home because they need to be there helping people. Um, I would say the other thing, get creative, use your technology. We've got it. Um, I know there's some definite gaps in equity with respect to uh, broadband, uh, you mm-hmm. know, access that I won't get on a soapbox about. Don't today. worry. I will later. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So those are other yeah. things. So get creative with how you connect with people. You can still be social. It's just going to feel and look a little different, um, but try to make the best of it. Um, check in on your neighbors again from a, a safe distance. Check in on your family members if you can, um, and really just just do what you can. This I'll be totally frank. I mean, this sucks. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Um, but if we don't work together, we're not gonna get this under control, and and, and we're gonna be in a much worse place than we have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, thank you both. Uh, for everything that you're doing, um, you know, I, I, so, so a lot of folks on here know who my campaign manager is. She's a social worker too. She also went to Brown. Um, her name is Yay. Jess Lambrick. Yeah. Um, and I've known, I knew her because I took a class at Brown, um, and we were in the same, you know, the same little group or whatever. So we were working on a project together. Um, and one thing that she, we have been working together for years, and one of the things that she always talks about is how this whole political government process is one that is supposed to be accessible to all of us. They're all supposed to be able to, you know, and, and see what power we have in the system. And when, when folks like you decide, you know, I've got all, I'm like, I, the world is going nuts um, and, and you use like the, the technology that we have around us to bring people together. Um, it's just really special. And this is something that folks around the state can do too for their communities. Right. I mean, this is something absolutely. That, yeah. Um, I have seen a lot of other cities doing similar things. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to just really look around like what are other places who are maybe a few weeks ahead of us? What are they doing? How are they coping? You know, those places where, you know, people have, you know, those stay home orders and they've had them for some time. What are they doing? How are they making this work? Yeah. Um, I'll harp back on my past uh, community mental health experience, but I'm a big proponent of mindfulness and meditation, focus mm-hmm. on what you can control, mm-hmm. not necessarily what you can't, uh, especially in these times when, well, there's a lot that we can't control and that's our reality. Um, so it's kind of going back to basics of listen to other people, show them compassion, approach them with empathy and humility, things like that. I think that ultimately is going to help folks as we keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the roles that the social workers um, take in the emergency department, because, you know, I'm, I'm not there providing direct medical care. I'm not doing CPR in anybody. Um, you do not want me to. Um, so one of our big roles is to, because all our medical professionals, you know, are very in the moment. We've got to fix this right now. And the social workers, we come from the mindset of let's take the beat. Like, let's step back. And I know, and our providers can't always do that when it's a medical emergency, but we actually have a second right now that Mm -hmm. let's take a beat for, you know, what's going on. Uh, We're getting a lot of requests for, you know, I need help with this. I need help with this. And we don't always have the right resource for that, but you know, we know that there's a lot happening this week 
for figuring out what funding we're going to get from the federal government. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from the state mm-hmm. soon. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, and then as funds start dispersing their money, so I think a lot of people are getting very scared. Mm-hmm. But I think you know what Liz is saying about mindfulness and just taking a step back to say what can get figured out instead of I have to figure this out. Yeah, right. Now. Let's see what is going to happen in the next couple of weeks or what we're going to be able to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, Dr. Punch, who's a doctor at WashU, and she's very active. Oh, I love Dr. Punch. Dr. Oh Punch. Oh, my gosh. She's my favorite person ever. Oh, my so- I girl over her every time I see her in the ED. She laughs at me every time. Dr. Punch is amazing. If you're not following Dr. Punch, wherever you can, do it. Dr. Punch, uh, I met her because on my first date with my now wife, um, she had to have an emergency appendectomy. And Dr. Punch did it. Yeah. Yep. I had no idea. Like, I had no idea. I was in the presence of such wonderful... I mean, I knew because she saved her life, but... um, uh, Yeah, we've hung out since then. Um, And she's wonderful, but she... uh, you know, she's been talking a lot about this interconnectedness and how this moment is going to be so such a measurement on us as a people because we're really going to be we're tasked right now with serving those of us who are most vulnerable and uh, it the the measure of that is going to be how the rest of us deal with this cry right so. Um, you know, I, I think that the community that you all have been a part of and that you all are helping to build is so important. So I just, I really want to say thank you. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I will uh, be sure to put the link in the Facebook Live. Uh, Justine, who's a friend of mine, she just commented and said thank you so much for, for getting on and everything. Um, and, uh, there might be some questions that pop up there as they're coming. Cause I'm looking on my phone as it's happening. Uh, but yeah, you're very welcome to get on there and respond to any that you want. Um, if folks around the state are thinking about doing something similar, um, they can check out the, the, the Facebook group. Can they also reach out to people on there? Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally fine. Or if you have any questions, Great. like feel free to private message us. Uh, we're more than happy to take those offline on a, a yeah. case by case. Gosh, that's such a clinical way to say this. Uh, case <laughs> by case basis. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, so uh, Liz Wright, thank you. Anna Wingo, thank you. Um, and yeah, uh, we'll we'll get folks to connect with you as well. So thank you all for taking the time to talk to us today. Sounds good. Thank you so yeah. much. Appreciate. It. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Take care. Alrighty, I'm going to end the meeting the right way. All right, it is ended. All right, well, I can get the screen out of the way. We're not going to need it for a little bit. Um, We're really appreciative of uh, Anna and uh, Liz for taking the time to do that. Um, And we're going to try to bring you more guests on the Alad Pod too. If you are somebody who would like to be a guest... Or if you know somebody who would be a wonderful person for us to talk to, um, to ask questions to, to have them do a live event, uh, please let me know. Uh, You can nominate them, heck, if you want. You can even tag them on the thing. But I would talk to them first if you can. So please do that. Uh, But yeah, let me know. I can also reach out to some people. Um, If you're a candidate, if you're a group, if you are uh, somebody who's doing really important work right now, heck, uh, if you're watching and you just want to talk in general, let me know. Like, we'd be happy to have you come on and uh, and talk about what you're going through, what you're seeing, um, and how this is impacting Missouri. Um, So uh, in addition, I've got a couple more segments. I promised prizes today. So uh, today we're going to do a, uh, a, a bit of a, uh, a little bit of an experiment. So you'll have an opportunity over the next week, cause we're going to do this as a weekly thing to, uh, come up with a way to earn that prize. And these are wonderful prizes, folks. We've got wonderful bumper stickers. We've got, uh, t-shirts. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. So Stay tuned because that's going to be an opportunity for you to win uh, before next week. We'll announce it in next week's show. Uh, I do want to uh, talk a little bit about the news and answer any questions that folks have uh, via Facebook or wherever else it might be coming from right now. Um, so that is disconnected, and now I've got the questions up in front of me. Um, so I will check. Um, so, um, yeah, so you're very welcome to come on in, and I will post the link to uh, the St. Louis COVID Social Resource Group as well in the comments. Uh, This week, 
We uh, had some significant issues in Missouri's legislature, um, and they were highly unfortunate to watch, and we are going to be affected by those decisions. Um, first, uh, Representative Runyon's um, has uh, been diagnosed with COVID-19, and so our thoughts and, and uh, all of our positive energy is with him, um, and we're, we're praying for his recovery. He is doing better um, from the reports that have been out there so far, um, so uh, please do. Uh, that, that, um, that's significant. Because we are seeing the spread of this disease in Missouri, and like Anna and Liz were saying, it's extremely important for us to, although we're not isolating each other in this kind of a way, uh, we need to be physically apart because we have to spread, uh, stop the spread of this disease. We need to stop this outbreak. It's impacting a lot of folks, um, and especially for those folks who are vulnerable, um, it's, it's, it's very bad. Um, I have a friend right now um, who I learned is uh, on a ventilator um, and he is being treated um, and it's, it's not great. So um, please you know, keep, keep folks in your thoughts. Uh, please do the right thing. When you make the decision to go and do something that you don't need to do, whether that's hanging out in these big groups, whether that's touching all the stuff in a store before you pick, whether that's taking 20 rolls of paper towels, you're not just doing that. That impact isn't just going to be on yourself. It's going to be on all of us. When I do something like that, that impacts you. When you do something like that, it impacts me. And we really have to understand the interconnectedness of each other right now. Uh, our community is extremely important. And this enemy is one that is trying to keep us apart. It is putting us in positions where our survival depends on us being physically distant. And our strength at this moment is our ability to overcome that and to stay in community even at those times. And it's extremely important for us to all appreciate that right now. So um, like Liz and Anna said, I highly encourage you, please do the right thing at this time. Uh, we need you to. America needs you to. Um, unfortunately, our government isn't doing a great job. And if you live in Missouri, heck, if you live anywhere in the country right now, you've seen our state in the news because we're really not doing all that much on a statewide level. Uh, we need to do better. We need to ensure that testing uh, is available. We need to ensure that treatment is free for folks so that folks are actually taking that opportunity to get treated and not just doing the wrong thing and going to work and whatever else it might be and spreading the disease. We need to make sure that happens. Uh, this week, the legislature, the state house got together and uh, they proposed a budget. Um, and uh, the uh, in Missouri, as many of you know, uh, in the Missouri legislature, we have a supermajority Republican party uh, control, and our governor is Republican. Almost all of the statewide offices are other than our state auditor. Uh, in that uh, budget uh, meeting, the Democrats time and time again stood up, and they proposed emergency funding to make sure that our hospitals are funded, especially at this time, especially without having Medicaid expansion in Missouri, especially when a lot of our rural hospitals are in danger of closing. They said, we need to keep these places open. We need to fund our first responders, and we need to make sure they have the equipment that they need. And so we need to fund that. Um, time and time again, those amendments were shot down on party lines. A couple of Republicans did vote in favor of uh, the Democrats' efforts there. And you know me, I don't really talk about party all that much, but this, this is the political system breaking our government, our response, and our democracy and hurting our community because that budget was passed and it was passed without offering any of this extra emergency funding. A little bit was offered, but really not all that much. And uh, shortly after it was passed, uh, the governor asked for more money just like the Democrats of a different party were saying he needed. And now we have uh, a, a state representative who uh, tested positive for the disease, who's in the hospital as a result of that, under medical care, and a lot of our representatives have to quarantine. 
because we're not figuring out a process for folks to get together remotely. So they all have to get together in order to vote for a new budget and to put more money in. Now they can't do that. We've got to, this is not a political situation. This is one that is a public health one and that one that is an emergency one. I mean, this is an emergency situation. And um, I have felt very strongly over this whole campaign, as many of you know, that politics should not be a part of this. Um, and unfortunately, uh, not only are we seeing that continue to play out in our state, we're seeing the impact of that. And it's not a good one. Uh, this week, uh, I also proposed a plan, again, a nonpartisan one, to protect our right to vote in this situation. We're seeing already in Missouri, we've moved uh, our municipal elections from April into June. Um, we need to make sure that everybody has the ability to vote. Um, and that includes allowing absentee and mail-in voting. Uh, so we have that plan. It's on the website right now. I strongly encourage you to read it, to share it, to tell folks about it. Um, but there is a way that we, we must protect our democracy even at this time. Uh, it's important. This is essential to do it at this time because we need to make sure our government is working for us. Um, and we're seeing what happens when it's not. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit frustrated about that um, at some of the news. But I, I want to tell you some good news. Uh, there, and I was just talking to Liz and Anna about this earlier, um, in uh, New York City, there were two kids who came home, uh, they were on spring break, and they didn't know really what to do, and, you know, their schools are getting closed and everything else, and they're in college, so they're back home, and uh, there, there were folks who, who were uh, unable to go out and get food, they didn't have access to delivery, uh, these kids started taking those deliveries and getting it to these people. Uh, they make sure to wear gloves. They make sure to sanitize everything. They're very careful with uh, uh, when they're picking out, you know, different foods for folks and, and getting it to their door. And when they get there, they stay away from them. They drop the bags off, but they actually talk to folks, oftentimes seniors who don't have much connection already, especially at this time. So they, they posted about the work that they're doing, similar to what Liz and Anna did when they posted on Facebook. These folks posted, and a lot of other people said, we'd love to help. Uh, now they've got 1,300-plus volunteers, um, and they're potentially expanding to cities all over our country uh, in getting younger people engaged in volunteering and helping folks and making sure that we're doing this in a, in a very healthy way and one that continues that community that is so essential at this time. Um, I think that's really wonderful, and it's something that, um, you know, a lot of folks should be involved in. So please, check on your neighbors, check on your friends, call grandma. If you haven't called her for a while, you know you got to do it. Call her, see what folks need. If there's any help that you need, let us know, um, especially help around setting things like this up, around uh, uh, motivating volunteers, getting them involved. If there's anything that we can do, please let us know. Um, and we're, we're very appreciative of all of the work that uh, volunteers are doing all throughout our country right now, uh, folks who are stepping up and uh, doing the right thing. So thank you all, everybody out there, for doing it. Um, finally, uh, we're going to do a segment uh, that I haven't done in uh, many years. So when I first uh, started teaching, um, I had a class that was called Mr. E's Mysteries. And for those of you who watched the promo, you know that paint is gonna be involved. So at the end of this whole segment, uh, after I talk to uh, some folks here, if they have any questions, I'll check one more time. Uh, I'm gonna do uh, an activity for kids to do, uh, I guess adults too, if you really want to at home, uh, but it's something I know a lot of kids are home right now, and a lot of parents are like, what in the world do I do? And a lot of schools are doing such wonderful work to make sure that our kids are still getting an education at this time. But, you know, sometimes you got you got some off time, you, the kids are going a little nuts, and so we'll do a little piece on, on that and uh, fun activities that you can do with your kids at home. So I'll bring out some of this education stuff, especially since, uh, you know, all the schools are closed and um, I've got to use these things for something. So, uh, but let's see if, if anybody's got any questions. So hi, Justine, talk to you. Hi, Ed, how are you? Uh, John, 
John wants to know what are your thoughts on the primary vote date being moved? Yeah, that's that's um uh that's a great question. I think that um so so in Missouri uh, the, the election that we moved was the municipal one. That was the one in April. Um, and so uh, we actually moved that one over to June. Um, some states have moved their primaries for presidential uh, candidates. Uh, a lot have not, um, and they're continuing. Um, here's, here's the thing. Uh, I think that in Missouri, uh, I would talk to the local election folks um, and see what they think is appropriate, especially when it came to the municipal one. And from my understanding, a lot of folks were, look, we've got to move this thing for public health issues. We've got to move it. And they moved it to June. But that means that in the meantime, we need to be working on a way for folks to vote safely. We need to make sure that we're doing this the right way. And look, I know everybody's like, mail-in voting is, is something that we can do. There are places already that send you your sample ballot. Uh, in fact, in Missouri, for all of this talk about how we can't do it in this state despite other states already being able to do it, we actually have provisions on mail-in voting already. Uh, there are nonpartisan elections where folks can mail in their vote. That's in our laws right now. And you can see that stuff linked in the plan that I proposed already. Um, it's on the website at allodgross.org. So um, no, I mean, that's something that we can do. In fact, in our absentee ballots, um, those are, are mailed in. Um, if you look at the laws as we currently have them right now, um, it allows for absentee voting during illness. It doesn't say that you have to be the one who's sick. In fact, in one place, it explicitly says you can be taking care of somebody who is. Uh, but it's, it's nowhere does it exclude uh, a pandemic from being one of the reasons why absentee ballots uh, should be allowed to have. I know a lot of local election officials are saying yes to absentee ballots. Um, unfortunately, we're not seeing statewide coordination and leadership on a lot of these issues. Um, and I think we need a very strong statement from our Secretary of State who says that, look, we need to have absentee ballots right now, um, and this is a valid excuse for you to uh, be able to send those in by mail or to come in um, and, and do an absentee ballot um, if you don't have you know, a mailing address or access to that. Um, that you can come in and we can set those up in a safe way uh, so we're not crowding the spaces that in, people are far enough apart um, and that we're not infecting anybody because we're all crowding around each other. So we need to get on that now. Uh, I'm not sure what we're waiting for. Um, so we can and we should be doing that. I think that the attorney general should come out with an opinion, uh, a legal opinion bolstering this position too and saying yes, uh, this is legal and we can do this. Um, and the governor has emergency powers. We granted him emergency powers right now um, to uh, have a lot of flexibility in our regulations and in our statutes. Um, and certainly preserving our democracy is a major security issue uh, for all of us. And it's one that we need to uh, do everything we can to preserve. So uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. I think uh, um, moving our April 1 uh Okay, but we need to have a plan in place as soon as humanly possible uh, in order to protect our right to vote in the state of Missouri. As for other states moving, uh, that might be a state-by-state state case, but again, I think I, everybody should be going to uh, mail-in voting. Um, I know there are some concerns about how you set that up, so just do it the right way. Um, take your time and do it the right way. So that's my thought about that, John, so thanks for the uh, question. Um, oh, Justine, I'm very anxious to hear from Mayor Cruson and County Executive Page today about exactly what Monday's stay-home order will cover, what businesses will remain open, what will be done to enforce businesses like GameStop who defy these orders. Um, yeah, uh, that's, you know, right now we're seeing leadership in Missouri coming from uh, municipalities. We're not seeing a lot of it coming uh, from statewide elected folks in terms of like these kinds of orders, closing schools, uh, stay home, closing businesses. Um, yeah, so I mean, really, we're relying on that. I, there, there has been uh, a lot of communication between the different municipal officers all over our state, which is great. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it's, 
the communication is very important. And so I do appreciate the governor, you know, doing these daily briefings. And uh, Sam Page is the county executive, Lida Cruson um, in St. Louis. Quentin Lucas is doing a lot of work in Kansas City and, uh, you know, Springfield. All these all these areas are, are, are communicating with folks, and it's extremely important to do that. Um, but, yeah, uh, uh, certainly having clarity on any kind of a stay-home order for a county or a city, which it sounds like it might be coming soon for St. Louis City and St. Louis County, uh, is essential so that we all know uh, what's going to be open, where we can go. Uh, in a lot of these places where they have put stay-home orders, um, you can still go out to pharmacies. You can still go out and get groceries. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens for volunteers. Um, and Anna uh, uh, and Liz and I were talking about this. What happens for volunteers who are doing delivery or delivery services? Are those going to still be open? Um, so, yeah, clarity there would be very, uh, very important. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be coming soon. So we'll see how it goes. Um, great. Well, thank you all for participating, all of your questions and everything. Um, so let's go to the kids' corner. You're probably wondering, what in the world is this guy doing? Well, first of all, these paints, made in America. Uh, so I uh, have a little bit of a style in teaching. It's a little bit chaotic, but I think it makes it more fun for kids, and kids need, need to go a little nuts here. And yeah, we got to roll up the sleeves for this sucker because this is we ain't going to be playing around over here. So I saw, um, uh, you know, I like to do in, in the education work that I do, I like to make it very timely um, and apply as, as many you know, different kinds of learning styles, but also as many different kinds of subjects into one. Um, so if you think about the situation that we're in now, kids are, you know, they know their home, they know what's going on, uh, and we need to, to trust them in a lot of ways to, to, to understand. And I mean, it's a teaching, it's a teaching moment for all of us to see. Um, so yeah, I would say, um, you know, this is a really great time to talk to kids about history, to talk to kids about uh, public health, about the role of government. Um, and all of these different things. And one of these activities that I saw someone do um, on, uh, it might have been on YouTube or on, um, I don't know, somewhere, maybe Twitter or something, uh, is a way to teach people how to wash their hands. And uh, uh, using paint, which I thought was a really cool way to do it. So uh, this is washable paint. Um, so, you know, we'll hopefully come off at some point. But... Uh, a really great way to do this is to show kids, um, you know, when we normally wash our hands for two seconds or something, uh, what we miss. Uh, what's really great about uh, washing your hands and soap and all that other stuff is that the way that this virus uh, is, um, it's very susceptible to soap. So the more that we're washing our hands and making sure that we're doing that uh, the right way and keeping ourselves clean, uh, the better off we're really going to be in stopping the spread of this thing. So um, here's what I'm going to do. I put a little bit of paint, a lot of bit of paint, in my hand. Uh, this is purple. Uh, for those of you who uh, love my furry friend, Mr. Toby, it's his favorite color, so that's why I'm choosing it. And uh, you put some in your hand, okay? So this is like, you know, it's soap and water and everything else. Um, and so what do we do when we first wash our hands? We go like this, and then we're done, right? Okay, well, look at all of the space that I've missed on here. You can see, like, on the fingertips, there's no, there's no paint at all. You can see on the thumbs, there's nothing. Uh, you can see, that. look, all this area in between, and then uh, the backs of our hands, kids. We've got to wash those, too. All right, so we've got our hands. Now we're going for a little bit longer. We're seeing what we can do. Uh, now I've got some of my thumbs. Wow, look at that. But there's still some space that's missing, right? So I'm going to the back of my hand. Going to the other one. And so you're playing, you know, you give kids a lot of control over how they're doing. They can experiment to see, like, what does the best. And now we're in the back of our hands, right? So I'm going to put some more paint on because more paint's always better, right? And the darker it is, the better it's going to show. Uh, and that's why I've got the butcher paper down here. But you can see, like, once I've got the backs of my hands covered, there's some space right here in between the fingers that's still open. Uh, and you've got on the inside of your thumb that's not covered. Um, and on some of my wrists, because I spilled it, you can see. But look, outside, 
of my thumb here. Um, sometimes one of the areas too that doesn't get covered, and I guess I naturally do this, is on the outside of your hand by your pinky as well. So, you know, I mean, when you're doing this with the paint, uh, you can uh, certainly see all that and see what the different patterns are. It can be fun to do with uh, your family and see what people naturally do. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is, this is a really great activity, I think, to show kids um, really the proper way to wash your hands, to make sure that you're getting your thumbs, you're getting your wrists and all of the areas around it, uh, and you're turning into your favorite color. Uh, remember, uh, when you're done with all of this, it's very important to also wash underneath your fingernails too. Uh, and one way to do that is just to go around. And when you do that with paint, you'll actually feel uh, some of the paint like getting under your fingernails too. So when you're done with this, you're going to have to actually wash the real way. So this is like practice for what you're going to have to do at the end. Um, yeah, but this is, uh, this is a fun way to do it, a uh, fun way to learn uh, about public health, washing your hands and everything else. So yes, here is the challenge for you. Uh, so for this week, you can win a prize uh, from the campaign, uh, a bumper sticker for, for the best uh, 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 one who comes, well, the best subjectively at least, the best idea for a lesson plan for kids to do at home. Some fun activity. I prefer the fun ones. I'll be the judge on this one. Uh, fun activity that teaches kids uh, something great. Your choosing, your subject, whatever you want it to be. And uh, next week, I will announce the winner and uh, we can spread all of the different ones that you post. The way that you can post, you can go on Facebook, you can go on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, whatever you want to use, email me. I'll put my contact up there too. Uh, but send me your lesson plans. We'll share it with the world and folks will be able to take all of these ideas and apply it to their kids and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to do one and maybe we'll even get you to be a special guest and teach it to us uh, via remote whatever the heck we do. Uh, well, folks, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. This was the first episode of the Alad Pod. So, if you have any recommendations about what you'd like to see, uh, what you you know what worked, what didn't work, let us know. This is uh, just like our campaign. This is very much community owned, um, and so I really appreciate you being here. Um, if anything, I hope that this episode really highlighted the importance of all of us in this effort. And whether that's a virus, whether that is a public health issue, whether that's a disaster, whether that's just us making sure that our state works for the people who live here. It's up to all of us to get this done. And I know, having traveled so much and spent so much time working and speaking with so many of you, we are going to get this done. And we're going to make Missouri a home that we can all be proud of. And then we'll show the rest of the country how to do it, too. All right, folks, uh, I will see you next week. And in the interest of social distancing, I will be the one to turn off the live. So feel free to comment. And in a little bit, once I get my hands actually cleaned, I will post the links to uh, the Facebook group and uh, to our website. So uh, I'll see you soon. Please feel free to reach out. If you ever need any help, let me know. Take care. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to check us out at aladgross.org, where you can connect with us on social media, send me an email, send me any questions or ideas you've got for the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We will see you next week on the Alad Podcast.